All right, let's begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Bane the Booth Podcast. On this week's episode, we've got LV News. We've got NFL Week 16 recap with Week 17 predictions and playoff clinching scenarios for all possibilities. We've got college football playoffs, including the national championship, no matter the scenario that could come out, predictions, and New Year's Six Bowl predictions, and for the first time in a while, immaculate grade. Let's get right into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 107 of Any in the Booth podcast. Thank you so much for the support to this point. I very much do appreciate it. Uh, a few things before we get into this week's episode. Uh, it is a bit different timing. Uh, I now have class really interfered. I was in Baltimore actually this morning and last night uh, for a family event. All good. Good news, thankfully. And I'm back. Uh, did have happen to have class. I'm actually on my last few days of the semester, and I'm going to be done very soon. Um, I feel like I might have mentioned this, but if not, I guess I'm re-mentioning this. Uh, next week's episode is going to be normal. Following week will be normal, but the following day after next week's podcast, Wednesday, January 10th, or two weeks, sorry, I'm going to be going to my first Bulls holding game. Since 2011, Eastern Conference Finals Game 2 versus Miami, which it's been a really good long day, time, and I'm happy to finally be making that happen for the first time in a very long time. And then the following week, uh, I'm probably going to end up pre-recording the podcast or doing the podcast Thursday because I'm going to be going to Atlanta for one, marking off my first baseball division of stadiums as I'm touring Truce Park, and two, I'm going to Atlanta Hawks Orlando Magic game on the 17th. Um, and then class start again for me uh following week. But uh, that's scheduled for the upcoming. This week's episode, I still have the old mic. But next week, I think I will be having the new mic. It's supposed to come, I believe, Thursday or Friday. So next week will be with a brand new microphone. Can't wait to start using that. Um, oh, Last minute, I got invited, and chances are I'm probably going to end up going, uh, to Ravens-Dolphins this Sunday, 1 p.m. game. I'll get into predictions for that in a moment. Uh, but I might be going. Most likely going to probably end up going, barring something causing me not to go. But we'll see what happens. But probably will end up going, and if you're going to end up being there, maybe I end up bumping into you, or maybe you're somehow going with me, but... Either way, yeah, I might end up at Ravens, Dolphins. And especially because this piece is, I'm done with the semester at that point. And the Browns play Thursday Night Football. So it's kind of like, given, it's kind of like, I have every reason to go. So, but we'll see what happens. Either way, let's get into Immaculate Grid, which we have not done on the podcast in a really long time. Uh, so today's grid, the top row is, they started doing something new of like, playing a certain position minimum of one game. So today is played second base minimum of one game, MVP, and 2,000 career strikeouts plus for pitching. Uh, MVP has to be with the team that they're connected to. The position uh, is that had to be with the team, and then 2,000 plus career strikeouts that they had to pitch with the team. 
so let's get right into this. So second base for Cubs, I'm going to go old non-common answer. Common answer, I could go with Ryan Sandberg. I could go Ben Zobrist. I could go like a whole bunch of fans for both. Rogers Hornsby, he's more known for Cardinal and played like towards the end of his career with the Cubs. I'm going to throw that one in. Yankees for second base. I could go Glaber. I could go Mayhew. I could go Cano. I could go... Um, there's like a whole bunch of answers I could go with. I'm going to go Rugnet Odor. It's recent, but I feel like it's also like not going to be a common answer. Yeah, 0.7. I'll take that. Hornsby was 0.5, by the way. Uh, Dodgers second base. I could go. There's a whole bunch of answers I could go recent. I could go Gavin Lux. I could go Max Muncy. I could go. I think Trey Turner might have played second base for the Dodgers. I'm not sure. Uh, there's a whole bunch of answers. Question is, what direction do I want to go here? Uh, you know, I got a fun one, actually. Oh, infamous with this team for uh, his own rule with the illegal slide. But then again, is that going to make you a common answer? You know what? I'm risking the biscuit. I'm going to go Chase Utley. I'll take 10%. That could have been a lot worse. Okay. MVP with the Cubs, um, there's Chris Bryant, there's Ernie Banks, I believe Rhino's won an MVP, Sosa's won an MVP, I'm pretty sure Sandberg's won an MVP, Ryan Sandberg, or Rhino as he's called, and I was correct, 13%, I will take that. Yankees, there's many answers. Gehrig, Ruth, I think DiMaggio's won one. Mantle's won one. Jackson may, might just be a World Series MVP, actually. So take back Reggie Jackson. I think he won one with Oakland. But it wouldn't count because it has to be with the team connected to it. Um, Judge's won MVP. Uh, A-Rod's won MVP with them. Hmm. I'm going to go I'm going to say Now I'm going to come back to Yankees cuz like out of all those names I'm not sure who's going to be the least common uh, Dodgers, Kirk Gibson's an option. Clay Kershaw, I'm pretty sure, is one an MVP. Uh, Bellinger. Honestly, I think I'm going to go Kershaw. Yeah, 15%. I'll take that. Yankees. I'm going to risk the biscuit. I'm pretty sure DiMaggio won one, and I feel like he's going to be the least. And he did 5%. I will take that. Okay, 2,000 plus career strikeouts for the Cubs. I feel like Mordecai Brown might have done it. Fergie Jenkins, I think, has done it. Max is, for. I feel like, for sure, done. Um, I don't know if any... There's not much else that's coming to mind. 
Mario Mordecai th Three Finger Brown, because I'm pretty sure he has, and he is uh, a part of the uh, Cubs' two first World Series teams in their franchise history for context, if you don't know who that is. He is nicknamed Three Finger because I'm pretty sure he literally only had three fingers. Am I correct to say he had 2,000 career strikeouts? No. I'm just going to go for Jenkins then. Okay, 28%. Uh, anyways, I've only got one guess left between Yankees and Dodgers. I'll throw, I think Don Sun's done it, so I'll throw him for Dodgers. Yeah, 182 rarity score, he was 9%. And, oh, wow, actually, Fergie was not top answer. Uh, the top answers for this grid, uh, Ryan Sandberg was for second base for the Cubs at 21%. Cubs MVP was Chris Bryant, 25%. Sorry about that. Uh, Greg Maddox was for Cubs at 2,000 plus career strikeouts. Knobloch was second base for Yankees, which is interesting, at 19%. Aaron Judge, 24% for MVP Yankees. And Roger Clemens, 2,000 plus strikeouts for Dodger Yankees, uh, 2,000 plus strikeouts. Dodger second base, Mookie Betts at 19%. Interesting. Cody Ballinger, most for MVP at 31%. Makes sense. And Clean Kershaw at 31% uh, for Dodgers 2,000 plus career strikeouts. Uh, who, let's, there's 14 different answers. Let's see who I'm not thinking of. I'll share this tab uh, while I'm on here. Uh, well, it doesn't say teams. Uh... Burt, no, Sun Perry, Johnson, Maddox. There's 14 different answers, apparently. Furry. Eckersley. That was a star for the Cubs, but mostly known as a reliever. Uh, Sandy, of course, for Dodgers. John Lackey. I didn't even know he got to do that. That's right. That's good for John Lackey. Uh... Offhand, not sure if anyone else fits Cubs, but... Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's Immaculate Grid. Doing that for the first time in a very long time. Alright, let's get right into actual crunch, crux of this episode. Let's start off with the short news, baseball news. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has finally signed. And sadly for most of baseball, except if you're a Dodgers fan, he is going to the Dodgers 12 years, $350 million, Uh does it seem like any of it is deferred at the moment? They haven't said anything about money being deferred like Otani. Uh, but this is nuts that they're getting both the Otani and Yamamoto. And this is really setting them up that they're sending the memo. We are here to contend. We are here to legit contend. We are here to get a legit title. But at the end of the day, until they get that legit title, I'm not going to put in the World Series to win the World Series. I think their odds are higher. I think they have a better chance to. Until they win that World Series, that's legit. I am not counting them out. I'm not 
cementing it. Because here's the thing. They've been on this stretch of making the playoffs. Not every year winning the division 2021. They did not. Since 2013. And they've only had one World Series title show. They've had years where they're one and out. Just LDS and out. Uh, they've had years where they've gone to the LCS and out. They've had years where they've gone to the World Series and lost. Like, so much mixes throughout that span. And I can even go through the history and tell you each year. 2013, they won the NL West. They faced Atlanta in the AL- NLDS. They beat them in four. Lost to the Cardinals in the NLCS in six. Who lost the World Series that year. 2014, lost in the NLDS to the Cardinals. 2015, lost the Mets in the NLCS. 16 losses to the Cubs in NLCS. 17 lost in the World Series to the Astros with a huge asterisk. Uh, 18 losses to the Red Sox in the World Series with potentially an asterisk. Debatable. 19 lost to the Nationals in the NLDS. 2020, they won the asterisk ring because of, well, it was COVID and short season. 2021 lost the Braves in the NLC- NLCS. And the only time in this dynasty that they've not won the division title. They lost the Giants won the division that year, but they beat the Giants in the NLDS in five games. 2022 lost the Padres in the NLDS. And 2023, they lost to the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks in the NLDS. So, like, until they win that World Series, I am not cementing anything. Uh, but we'll see what happens. They've definitely boosted their odds. And even and the thing with, like, Glass, I was like, yeah, he's a very good player. But he's so inconsistently on and off the field that I can't really deem that as, like, a great move for them. <coughs> Sorry. Well, we'll see what happens. Before we get into NFL, let's dive into college football because this weekend, or the period between this week's episode and next week's episode, we officially get into college football playoffs and New Year's Six Bowl games. I'm going to start with the rest of the New Year's Six Bowl games, and then we'll dive into the college football playoffs which I have included the College Football National Championship game with all four different cap possible scenarios uh, that could come out for the championship game in the last year of four teams in the CFP. So it kicks off Friday with Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic between Ohio State and Missouri. Even with Ohio State losing a lot of people, I think Ohio State will still be a bit too much for Missouri, and I think they will beat Missouri. Saturday... We have two bowl games. The Chick-fil-A Beach Bowl between number 10 Penn State and number 11 Ole Miss. I am going with the number 11 Ole Miss uh, because it's always the story for Penn State. They'll always win these. I mean, then again, it could be a – well, then again, I guess it doesn't necessarily fit the script, but I think well, I'm picking Ole Miss. Uh, and then Capital One Orange Bowl, which is the one I'm going to be keeping an eye on, which now Florida State's got a real interesting quarterback situation because – their third-string quarterback, who would technically be playing, isn't going to be playing, so I don't even know who's starting a quarterback. And honestly, because of that, I'm picking Georgia. I want Florida State to win because it could show, like, CFP that they kind of deserved it. But I honestly am not sure if they're going to now if they messed up quarterback situation at the moment. And I'm picking Georgia. New Year's, aside from college football playoffs being that day, we have the Verbal Fiesta Bowl between number 8 Oregon and number 23 Liberty. I have number 8 Oregon. And the Cheese It Sutras Bowl between number one, 21 Tennessee and number 17 Iowa. Iowa just does nothing offensively. I've got number 21 Tennessee. And now for the college football playoffs. I sat down for some time trying to think about these predictions because they are not so simple. Well, some of them were not so simple. Some of them were. 
Uh, Rose Bowl between number one Michigan versus number four Alabama. Here's the thing. If Michigan did not have the scandal against them from the last two years, I would ease, I would definitely have more of a thing to me, even with how much I hate them, being an Ohio State fan. If they did not have a scandal, I would have a thing to pick them against Alabama. But with that scandal in the back of my head, and Bama just being very, very good recently and very, very hot and maybe even the hotter team, I cannot pick. I have, I am picking Bama, even though I kind of hate Bama because that's just college football thing with the Saban dynasty. I will take picking the college football people hate over the college I hate because of, well, rivalry and the scandal. So I am picking Alabama to beat Michigan. I think that really is going to be a good close game. Uh, we'll see what happens. And then the other game, the All-State Sugar Bowl between number two, Washington, number three, Texas. This should be an interesting game. I have Washington winning this game. So, if my predictions are correct, meaning it would be number two, Washington, versus number four, Bama, I want Washington because they had got blown out by Bama in 2017, and this kind of feels like it's a year of revenge, and it kind of be fitting of that. But I would think I think Bama would win that game. I think if, and even if it's Texas, I would still take Bama. I really am basically going to put this predictions as this. I think the winner of Texas, of Michigan Bama is going to beat no matter who wins Washington, uh, Texas. I don't, I think it could still be a close championship game, but realistically, I think whoever wins Michigan Bama is going to win it all. Uh, could I be wrong? Absolutely. But I do think that way, even scandal or not, I don't think. Washington or Texas compares to uh, Alabama or Michigan. And I'm even saying that with the fact that Texas has already beaten Bama this year, but Bama's way better than they were in that time when they lost to Texas. So those are my college football playoff predictions. And we'll see how it unfolds. We will be covering all the New Year's Six results and college football playoff results and how I did in my predictions. And then... I think literally the following week, yeah, the following week, Monday the 8th, is the national championship game in Houston. So, NFL Week 16 recap. What an interesting week we had this week. Uh, Steelers Saturday night was, were up 24 nothing at half with third-string quarterback Mason Rudolph and won 34-11. Their 24 points at half was most in a game since Week 7 of 2020 season where they actually had 27 points. I've I think it was against – I forget who it was against, but, yeah. Uh, but Pittsburgh had this game from beginning to end. Jake Browning was trash as a – threw in the thumbnail. He was bad, like three, four interceptions. Uh, and just Pittsburgh and Cincinnati just had no shot from beginning to end. And this lined up – now, here's the thing with the Browns' playoff for, uh, clinching scenarios. This – the Steelers being the Bengals basically meant there was only one path for the Browns to clinch the playoffs. Otherwise, it would have been like the rest of the seven. But nope, only one, and that was quickly shattered by the fact that the Bills beat the Chargers 24-22. And this was the fact that the Chargers had more first downs, more time of possession, fewer penalties, and zero turnovers versus the Bills' three turnovers, and yet lost and are eliminated from the playoffs. Bills won a 29-yard field goal on a peacock key peak. Peacock exclusive game, which was stu- that's stupid that they're doing Peacock exclusive games between college football and NFL. Stop it. You just stop it. You're going to lose viewership by doing that. 
Anyways, with the 30-24 win versus the Vikings, Lions have won first ever NFC North title, which the division's been that way since 2002 back, which, and first ever division title, first division title flat out since 1993 back when it was the NFC Central, where it was the same division, but also with Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Browns beat the Texans 36-22 on the back of Amari Cooper's historic performance. 11 catches for 265 yards and two touchdowns marks a lot of history. First Browns player all-time with consecutive seasons with 1,000-plus receiving yards. Second player in NFL history with 175-yard receiving game with three different teams. Doing it with Vegas, Dallas, and Cleveland. Joining Terrell Owens, who I don't know how what teams he's done with, but he's played for a bunch of teams. His 200 receiving yards, a part of the 265, is most in a single road game for Cleveland, passing Eric Metcalf and Gurn Nagler with 177 yards each in a game. And his 265 yards is most by Browns player ever in a game, passing Josh Gordon from 2013 against the Jaguars. And then Joe Flacco had a performance of his own, 27 for 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Uh, did actually run a play. I don't know how many yards. But Mark's three straight games of 300-plus passing yards at a very old age, joining Tom Brady with the Buccaneers in 2020 and with New England in 2017, Warren Moon with the Vikings in 1995, and Payne Manning with the Broncos in 2014, which puts the Browns in a pivotal position going into this week's game. And we'll get to that very in a few moments once we get to the Week uh, 17 predictions. Red zero line fifty four yard field goal leads the Jets over the Commanders thirty twenty eight after almost after blowing a twenty seven to seven lead, uh, but they were able to squeeze out a win. Anders Carlson thirty two yard field goal leads Packers over the Panthers thirty three thirty after almost completely blowing a twenty three to ten lead and thirty sixteen lead. Jason Sanders twenty nine yard field goal leads Miami to a twenty two twenty win over the Cowboys and to the playoffs, and this is also their first time they've been Dallas since two thousand three week thirteen. In a 40-21 win, and first time at home since 1984, Week 16, in a 28-21 victory. The Jets increase down its own. Uh, congrats to Miami that you clinched the playoffs. We'll see if they get the division or not. But this was also big because they finally beat a playoff team, a team over 500. They finally got that mark. Congrats to them. They've definitely proven themselves, uh, definitely to some extent more. And we'll see what happens on uh, Sunday with uh, them taking on Baltimore, which I have. Big impact on the one seed, potentially, depending on how things unfold. Chad Ryland, 56-yard field goal, leads the Patriots over the Broncos, 26-23. Denver came back, came back not fully, though, from down 23-7 to make it a game, but Patriots won in the end. Bill Nichols, 8-yard fumble return for a touchdown, and Jack Jones, 33-yard pick six, leads Raiders over the Chiefs, 2014, which also knocks the Chiefs out of contention for the first spot in the AFC. And Brock Purdy, four interceptions, which turns out he had a stinger, which that explained everything to me. Leads Baltimore hammering San Francisco 33-19. Uh, Lamar Jackson earlier in the game had a weird safety play that I have to talk about because it's the weirdest safety I've ever seen in my life. And I was at the game where Cameron Week ended an overtime game on a safety against uh, Andy Dahl and the Bengals, where he basically was going back to th- was trying to throw, backs up in the end zone, and trips over a referee and throws a pass out of bounds, but no receiver within him, intentional grounding, and a safety. And it gave the 49ers a short-lived lead. But that is this week's uh, <coughs> game notes. This week of predictions not as good as last week, but still a pretty good week. I went 10-6. I'm overall 148-92 and 92 in predictions this year. 
Standings update. Ravens in first place at 12-3 with clinching a playoff spot, followed by the Dolphins, who have also clinched a playoff spot, 11-4, followed by the 9-6 Chiefs, followed by the 8-7 Jaguars, followed by the 10-5 Browns, followed by the 9-6 Bills, followed by a four-way tie for seventh between the Colts, Texans, Steelers, and Bengals at 8-7, followed by a two-way tie for 11th between the Raiders and Broncos, I think it was, at 7-8. And then the NFC, the 49ers in first place in 11-4, having clinched the division already, followed by the 11-4 Eagles, followed by the 11-4 Lions, followed by – or have the same record, I just realized. Well, first through – first through third have the same record. I just realized that. Whoops. Uh, and followed by the 8-7 Buccaneers. Fifth is the Cowboys at 10-5, having clinched playoff spot. Time – Two-way tie for sixth at 8-7 between the Rams and the Seahawks. Three-way tie for eighth between the Vikings, Falcons, and Packers at 7-8. Oh, and the Saints also have the same record. And then 12th place is the Bears at 6-9. Week 17 predictions. Week 17. Uh, before we get into predictions, I guess as we get into predictions and start mentioning teams that have clinching scenarios, I'm going to be diving into the clinching scenarios. Thursday Night Football, Jets at the Browns, which is apparently some sort of whiteout game. Well, Browns have a simple clinching scenario, but there is a way, even if they lose, to still clinch a playoff spot. And it's very much a lot simpler than last week. But if they beat the Jets on Thursday night, which I do have them winning, and it's not going to be Zach Wilson, it's going to be Trevor Simeon, because Zach Wilson's got a production. The Browns are in with to the playoffs if they win this game. Flat out, simple as that. They win, they're in. If they lose, though, they still have a chance. And here are the four different scenarios where even if they lose, they could still clinch the playoffs. If the Steelers lose to the Seahawks, the Steel the Browns would clinch playoff spot. If the Bills lose to the Patriots, which I doubt will happen even though the New England did win the first time, the Browns would clinch a playoff spot. The Jaguars lose their tie to Carolina. They would clinch a playoff spot. Or the Texans lose to Tennessee. And the Colts lose their tie to Vegas. The Browns would clinch a playoff spot. But ideally, they win. They're in. Simple as that. Saturday game. Lions at the Cowboys. This might be an interesting game. We'll see how it unfolds. I have the Cowboys winning this game. Uh, neither team has a clinching scenario, so nothing really to talk about there. Sunday, New England at Buffalo. I have the Bills winning, and they could clinch a playoff spot. But the, there's a possibility to clinch a playoff spot. There are 14 different scenarios, and they're all whack. Buckle your seatbelt. This is going to be an interesting one. Not even all of them are Bills winning. So, scenario number one is that they win. The Steelers lose their tie versus Seattle. And the Bengals lose their tie versus Kansas City. Or, they win. Steelers lose their tie versus Seattle. Jaguars lose their, and Jaguars lose their tie versus Carolina. Or, Bills win. Steelers lose their tie. Texans lose their tie. Colts lose their tie. Or they win, Bengals lose or tie, Jaguars lose or tie. Or Bills win, Bengals lose or tie, Texans lose or tie, Colts lose or tie. Or Bills tie, Steelers lose, Chief, Bengals lose, Jaguars lose. Which, by the way, there's no scenario where the Bills would win or lose and get in this week. Or 
Bills tie, Steelers lose, Bengals lose, Texans lose or tie, or Bills tie, Steelers lose, Bengals lose, Colts lose or tie, or Bills tie, Steelers lose, Jaguars lose, Texans lose or tie, or Bills tie, Steelers lose, Jaguars lose, and Texans and Colts lose or tie. Sorry, I just got to keep track of audio. Uh, Or Bills lose, Steelers lose, Jaguars lose, Colts lose, or, or no, Steelers lose, Texans lose, Colts lose, or Bills tie, Bengals lose, Jaguars lose, Texans lose or tie, or Bills tie, Bengals lose, Jaguars lose, Colts lose or tie, or Bills tie, Bengals lose, Texans lose, Colts lose. If any of those scenarios happen, basically, Bills would clinch a playoff spot. Falcons at the Bears, which there is no clinching scenario at all for that game. I have the Bears. Raiders at Colts. Which does not have a clinching scenario. I have the Raiders, which they're just really hot right now, and I'm running with them. Falcons at Bears. No clinching scenario there. I have the Bears. Yeah, I skipped. Whatever. Rams at Giants. I have the Rams. Cardinals at Eagles. There is a clinching scenario for that game. Uh, my prediction, by the way, is the Eagles. Um, give me a one moment. Hold on. I just want to restart the audio recording. Okay. There we go. So if Eagles win and Cowboys lose or tie, or they tie and Cowboys lose, the Eagles would officially get the NFC East. I have Philly winning this game, uh, but in my, in my predictions, I have... Dallas winnings, so they wouldn't clinch this week, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Saints at Buccaneers. Tampa could clinch a playoff berth and NFC South division. Flat out if they win or if they tie and lose, I have them winning, which would clinch them in the division. 49ers at Commanders. I have the 49ers. They could clinch the one seed and the lone first round by and home field advance throughout the NFC playoffs. With a win, Lions loss, and Eagles loss. And I have them at least winning. Either way, uh, Panthers and Jaguars. uh, I have the Jaguars, which if they win, Colts lose, and Texans lose, they could clinch a playoff first and the AFC South Division title. Dolphins at Ravens. (coughs) Big impact in this game. On both sides, if the Ravens flat out, if the Ravens win or tie, or the Browns lose or tie, the Ravens would get the AFC North. They would also get home field advantage in the AFC's one seed if they beat Miami. On the flip side, if Miami, what where this helps Miami is if they win or tie, or Bills lose or tie. They would get the AFC East. I have Baltimore winning this game. And honestly, if I'm going to this game, I don't plan on specifically rooting for anyone because I do not want to get in a fight. And I don't want to really root for the Ravens because I'm not I'm a Browns fan and I can't do that. 
to my own self. So I, if I'm going, I'm going to be rooting neutral for that game uh, in the stadium. Anyways, Titans at Texans, I have the Texans. Steelers at Seahawks, I have the Seahawks, which I believe they don't. There's Oh, sorry, no. They could clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Packers-Vikings tie, which, let's be honest, probably not happening, but might as well at least mention it. Chargers at Broncos. I have the Broncos. I don't believe that there's a clinching scenario with that game, and there is not. Sorry about that. Uh, Bengals at Chiefs. There is a scenario for the Chiefs where they could clinch the AFC, a playoff berth and the AFC West Division title with a win or tie or Raiders loser tie and Broncos loser tie, which I do have them winning, which would give them the AFC West. And Sunday Night Football, Packers at Vikings. I have the Vikings winning, which there are no playoff clinic scenarios in that game. And there's no Monday Night Football games this week. So that is the predictions for this week in football. And that is this week's episode of the podcast. Just give me one moment and we will wrap things up. Whew. You know, one thing, well, before I, while I'm here, let me see if, uh, by the way, I know I don't talk about basketball a lot here, but, uh, Pistons are on 27-16 losing streak and on the verge of possibly 27 tonight playing Brooklyn, uh, which would be longest in a single season in NBA history. And the Knicks-Pistons game I was at on my birthday was actually is actually part of the uh, losing streak, which is hilarious because not only have I been part of that losing streak, but I've also been at a game a part of the Browns' own 16th season. I was at the home finale against the Ravens, so it kind of be fitting for, <coughs> to be a part of both. For you. Anyway, let's wrap things up. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Betty in the Roof Podcast. On next week's episode, if there's any MLB news between now and then, we will have MLB news. We will have NFL Week 17 recap with 18 predictions. And we will have New Year's Six plus college football playoffs recap. And well, I guess we'll find out who's going to be in the national championship game and anything else that can happen between now and then. And hopefully with a brand new mic. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're new on YouTube, leave a like, hit the subscribe button, leave a notification button so you're notified when I go on and or post a new video. If you're new on audio, follow the podcast, leave a review, hit the notification button so you're notified when I post on there. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'll see you next week's episode, episode 108. Bye-bye.